This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello, and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about hazelnuts. Yes. And many of you have suggested this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And many of you are from Oregon, uh, and I can tell by the research that hazelnut is indeed a point of pride <laughs> in that state. So, oh, yes. So this all makes sense now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It does. It does indeed. Uh, was there any particular reason this was on your mind? Uh, may- maybe I was trying to think of foods that I associate with the holidays as uh, mm. like, like Thanksgiving and other holiday feast type celebrations are approaching and or happening right now. Happy Life Day. Thank you, uh, and to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, uh, I every every year uh, leading up to like Christmas, I get some of those like like in shell nut mixes, and hazelnuts mm-hmm. are maybe my favorite part of that. I've also been told that having a bowl of nuts out with a with a nutcracker like gives off serious grandpa vibes, and I'm really chill with that. As you should be. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all. What is your favorite candy? My favorite, ca- like my favorite candy can, like yeah. of all time? Yeah. I don't really have favorites like that, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I can't. Well, then I can't make any judgment. <laughs> I was going to use your candy and then try to discern the truth of this statement. But all oh, right. All okay. Right. All right. I, in general, I like chocolates. 
And I also like caramels. Mm. Okay, well, that could go either way. But, you know, <laughs> again, nothing wrong with it. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of friends who tell me, like, oh, my favorite candy or my favorite treat is a, a grandfather or grandmother treat or whatever. And uh, I'm like, but there is nothing wrong with that. No, no. Uh, being, you know, you're just, you're not old fashioned. You're classic. There you oh, go. there you go. There yeah. you go. I can't say I've had hazelnuts. <laughs> I can't say I've had hazelnuts. I don't think oh, I've wow. had. I've huh. obviously had Nutella. Sure. Obviously, you you're like obviously. Uh-huh. Obviously, <laughs> um, my mom gives me that every Christmas now. Oh my goodness! She, I, I've I've talked about this before, but she. She's a ve- she's just a very sweet, observant person, and she's always trying to figure out, you know, what is the snack food she'll put in your stocking. Huh. And uh, she apparently has arrived at for me, uh, kind of like running bars and Nutella. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. I sure sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I don't know that. I think I've probably had a hazelnuts in um like baked goods, but. I don't think I've ever had a straight hazelnut. Oh wow. Huh. Yeah. I've had I've had enough to make up for your lack. I've had I've had <laughs> probably literal thousands over the course of my lifetime. Wow. Wow. I'm sure this is something I could easily correct. Um Oh yeah. But dang. All right. <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny in this research perhaps showing how uh, unaware I was of the world of um hazelnuts. Is I had a moment where I was like, what the heck is a filbert? <laughs> I've never heard of this. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I I think I might have heard that term before, but I definitely didn't understand that it was another word for, for hazelnuts. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was as surprised as you are. Yes. Well, that makes me feel better. Um, and we are we are gonna talk a little bit about that but listeners i would love to know maybe this is more of a regional thing oh yeah Uh, yeah it is yeah so i would love to hear hear from people because i had never heard it i was so confused (laughs) and uh here we are here we are (laughs) uh and yes you can see our nutella episode we're gonna talk about a little bit in this but not much sure Um, Uh uh, mm uh-huh also our episode about pralines or Pralines, d- d- depending on how you want to say it. Our pralines. Oh, God, heck and heck. <laughs> it's uh, this episode. We already discussed some nervousness we have around pronunciation, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna barrel through and as, do our best as we always do. Mm-hmm. As we always do. I think this brings us to our question: hazelnuts. <laughs> What are they? Well, uh, hazelnuts are a type of nut. Yes, uh, they grow on trees. They're small, maybe about an inch round or less in their shell and slightly flattened uh, with, a, with a point at one end. You do not eat the shell, uh, but that's okay because it's pretty easy to get them open. And once you do, there's like a little creamy white gem inside covered in a thin brown skin. Uh, Hazelnuts are buttery and sweet and crunchy. They can be roasted, um, ground into flour, or ground into even creamier butter. Um, And they add just this lovely, roasty, nutty richness to everything they touch. Uh, 
They're like a more delicate tasting, like dessert destined peanut. Uh, mm. They're they're like sweet cream butter that grows on trees. Oh, that sounds so lovely. And you know what? Bonus points. It's actually a nut. That doesn't happen often. I know. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, so hazelnuts, yes, are the uh, dry, hard fruits of hazel trees. The hazel tree genus is Coralus, and there are a number of species in it that produce nuts, uh, plus a whole bunch of like hybrids that have been developed too. They can range from sort of shrubby and just a little bit taller than a person to like big old trees, like 45 feet or 15 meters in height. And they tend to flower during the the late winter with uh, separate male and female flowers uh, that the male flowers come on these long spikes or catkins with, with dozens of like super tiny little blooms. Um, the female flowers are just tiny little clusters of buds that, that each have a tuft of like pink to red filaments that are sticking out of the top. They they look like an alien egg in a horror film. Ugh. But in like a fun way. <laughs> well, that's nice, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you do need more than one tree to pollinate. And because they bloom so early, um, they are wind pollinated, not insect pollinated. But once that happens, uh, the female buds will develop out into a single fruit contained within this thin but stiff shell. Um, they are, yes, a slightly flattened round uh, with a flat end where they attach to the tree and a point at the end facing outward from the branch. They develop throughout the spring and summer and ripen in the late summer to early fall, um, upon which they sometimes fall to the ground but do not split open. And this makes them a rare, true nut. What? Although that's <laughs> controversial. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, apparently due to the... um, so, so when those buds develop, when those female buds develop out into the nut, um, they... Uh, they have surrounding them these uh the, these flower or bract parts um that develop around them that look that look leafy um so it's a botanical controversy um and those leafy bracts also make the developing nuts look a lot like audrey too as a bud i'm just saying <laughs> wow yeah Second horror reference in the botany I, section. I know. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, um, the genus name comes from the Latin term for these trees, uh, which itself roots from the Greek term for helmet due to the like hardness and shape of the shells. And interestingly, the English word hazel is also related to a word for, for cap or hat from the Anglo-Saxon. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another nomenclature-related note... <laughs> One trademarked hybrid, uh, like cultivar, is called the beast. The beast. <laughs> Does it look particularly beastly? It looks like a tree, y'all. I. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it has like a beastly production capacity. I'm not sure. I mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Um, some species of hazelnuts are alternately called, uh, cobnuts or filberts, as discussed above. Uh, and actually the flavor molecule that is most responsible for, for the sweet, buttery, nutty, almost like chocolatey flavor that hazelnuts have is named for fil is named for filberts, um, uh, filbertone. Yeah. 
Uh, however, it is certainly not the only flavor compound in there. There are at least 37 that have been identified in raw hazelnuts and at least 46 in roasted hazelnuts. Hmm. Some types are eaten uh, fresh, like like green and sort of coconutty. Um, I think cob nuts mostly, and I think that's mostly a UK thing. Let me know. Um, uh, but most are dried and roasted before eating. They can be snacked on whole. They can be used uh, whole or chopped or ground into flours and butters as a component in baked goods and candies. Uh, they're used as a flavoring for coffees. Also used to produce hazelnut milk, uh, a dairy substitute. They're made into spreads like Nutella and to flavor liqueurs like Frangelico. And although they are most often used in sweet dishes, they're also a really great crunchy topping on savory dishes or is like a really buttery addition to um, to sauces or soups. Make a good Ooh. pesto. Yeah. Ooh. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. They can also be pressed for their oil, which is pretty strongly flavored, uh, sometimes used as a cooking oil. Um, and I read, okay... Hazelnuts are fairly costly, um, and so is their oil, but apparently olive oil is even more expensive. Um, and so there have been some cases of olive oil being adulterated with hazelnut oil, uh, like illicitly. Um, oh. but, but the adulteration of olive oil is a whole, whole other episode or episodes, maybe. Yeah. I think olive oil, we have put off tackling that one for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, heck that topic. That I'm not today. <laughs> not today. One day. But not today. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, nope. Nope, nope. Um, at any rate, uh, the, the oil is also used in skincare and hair care products. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, what about the nutrition? Hazelnuts are pretty good for you. They've got a bunch of protein and a bunch of good fats, some fiber, an excellent spread of micronutrients, uh, so they will fill you up and keep you going. They are calorically dense, so like watch your portion size. Um, and once you've mixed them with an equal weight of sugar, I this this no longer applies. That's that's yeah. a separate. That's a separate. That's a separate product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting fact. They have the highest, uh, that is the best ratio of unsaturated to saturated fatty acids of all nuts. That is an interesting fact. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> and speaking of numbers. Uh, yes, we do have some for you. Uh, Turkey is the largest producer of hazelnuts, followed by Italy, Spain, the U.S., and Greece. The stretch of Turkey's coastline along the Black Sea produces 70% of the global crop. Wow. Uh, and speaking of wow, um, Oregon here in the U.S. accounts for 98% of our hazelnut crop. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've read as high as 99%. Like, it's yeah. it's a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, globally, some 90% of the hazelnuts produced go to processing. Um, only about 10% are sold for, uh, for consumption whole. Also, I did want to mention that there are, like, kind of a lot of hazelnut festivals around North America and Europe but as far as I can tell, they're mostly really just about, like, local vendors selling things that they made with hazelnuts for you to eat and or otherwise purchase. Like, I have not found a single frightening mascot. Oh, the horror <laughs> that we don't have of the horror to look at. Ridiculous. <laughs> Agreed. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nutella producer Ferraro. Uh, oh, gosh. I hope I'm getting that correctly. Near there. Uh, buys about 25% of the world's hazelnuts. Yeah, and they're even getting into um, into the growing 
game of hazelnuts more seriously, they planted some 5 million hazelnut trees in the late 20-teens. And that's because they make just a a lot, just a lot of... uh, Nutella and other hazelnut-related stuff, uh, we collectively eat an estimated 800 million pounds of Nutella a year. A lot. A lot! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we do have a lot of history to go over. (laughs) We do, but first we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so <laughs> this one was tough uh, because histories of hazelnuts were so localized. Yeah. It was like the history of hazelnuts in Oregon, the history of hazelnuts in Canada, like so on and so forth. Um, but here we go. Do our best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, archaeological evidence suggests that people have been eating hazelnuts for 10,000 years at least, mm -hmm. to Mesolithic and Neolithic times when they were an important food source for hunter-gatherers, um, eaten raw from what I read. Depending on the species, they are native to Asia, Europe, and North America. But again, it was also localized, so difficult to track down. Um, charred hazelnut remains have been discovered from Scotland to the Pacific Northwest, um, they were considered sacred in 2000 BCE China, and ancient Greek physician Dioscorides wrote about the medicinal benefits of hazelnuts, um, and these benefits ranged wildly from curing a cold to combating baldness. So, huh. all kinds of things. Huh. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. And they were certainly not the, the uh, only people who used hazelnuts medicinally. No. Uh, First Nations tribes in what is now Canada have used the beet hazelnut for thousands of years, um, where they were not only a staple food source, but the sticks and stems were important for all kinds of things, from weapons to traps to baskets. The oily shells were used for fuel, the nuts as medicine, the roots as a blue dye, and the hazel bushes were managed by fire. But, like, it was very important part to just so many aspects of life yeah um in that in that area but yeah um why are they sometimes called filberts <laughs> i feel like i'm doing a stand-up bit and i don't mean to <laughs> i would again i really want to hear from listeners because i just had never heard of this um but from what i read this could very well be apocryphal i think it probably is but you know maybe uh the popular story goes that Filberts is most likely thanks to Europe. Um, France's St. Filbert's Feast Day, uh, which uh, a celebration of St. Filbert, mm -hmm. takes place on August 20th, which is the same time that hazelnuts are ready to be harvested. And I guess they became known as Filberts because of that. I, well. Yeah, we're both doing kind of a shrug motion. Um Others think it derives from the German word for full beard, because that's what a husked hazelnut resembles. Also a shrug emotion. <laughs> like, uh, I, I guess it looked like, like the little point sort of looks like the point of a beard. Uh, certainly before, before you husk them, they're very beardy. 
Like like I said, they've got all those little leafy bits that are apparently botanically controversial. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, the term filbert seems to have developed specifically in the British Isles, um, where indeed hazelnuts are ripe around that time, uh, August 20th-ish. Um, and there were already celebrations happening vaguely around that time that involved people, and especially kids, going out and harvesting hazelnuts. Like William Wordsworth wrote a poem about his fond memories of doing this. Um, he wrote the poem in like like 1798 to, to 99. Um, the poem is titled Nutting, if you want to look it up. That really hasn't like held up as a title. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful poem. Well, yes, indeed. That's his well, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Pacific Northwest, uh, <laughs> records indicate that Oregon has been cultivating the European hazelnut since the 1800s, uh, though the, there probably were others. There were definitely others native there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the European version since the 1800s, and they were being grown in British Columbia by 1930, though probably even before that. Um and again, see our Nutella episode, but that spreadable hazelnut and chocolate cream was invented in 1946. It was largely the product of a cocoa shortage during World War II, so hazelnuts got subbed in. And it probably goes without saying, based on all the other stuff we've already said, but this was a hugely popular item, uh, still is, and as such has had a huge impact on hazelnut crop and prices. Like, you can't talk about hazelnuts without talking about this. Yeah. Um. It also probably goes without saying that there is a long-debated history of combining chocolate and hazelnuts in Europe. I have to say it overwhelmed me, and I did not do it because I think it would be a separate episode. But basically, like, people were – people like to argue about when did this combination first start. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, it's one of those things – we talk about this a lot where, like, probably, um, you know – a lot of people made that decision mm-hmm. independently in different places kind of around the same time because it just sort of makes sense if you have chocolate and you have hazelnuts like, hey, like that would probably be tasty together. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, right, there, there is we really could do a whole episode about it. Uh, there are a number of like really specific pastries from a number of different places that incorporate both chocolate and hazelnut. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I I saw the the looming list of all yeah. these pastries and I was like, nope, I can't handle it right now. Uh, <laughs> but yes. And, yeah. And again, listeners were soliciting, as always, a lot of advice from you. But if you have uh, experience with that or favorite or something, just write in and let us know. Yeah. Um, the Oregon legislature named the hazelnut the state nut in 1989. Okay. Uh, Also, Mm -hmm. in 1989, a group of researchers out of Germany isolated the aforementioned uh, filbertone, that hazelnut primary flavor molecule. Um, And the lab synthesis of filbertone has led to increased availability of hazelnut flavored and scented products that have never seen an actual hazelnut. (laughs) Right. Right. And filbertone sounds, it must be said, like some kind of like painting a color of paint that I could buy. Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, maybe it is. I could see it. I could see it. For sure. Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s, the Eastern Filbert blight hit the North American West Coast hazelnut crop, and it was devastating. Mm. Um, 
For example, 90% of British Columbia's hazelnuts were destroyed by 2010. Um, They're still trying to recover and have made great strides, but still have a long way to go. Uh, But worth noting, some of the crop native to North America can withstand this fungus. Yeah, yeah. So what you're dealing with here is um, these these imported European uh, uh, hazelnut trees did not have any kind of genetic defenses against this this blight that had originated in native, um, like East Coast American hazelnut trees previously. And so when that blight spread to the West, they they were just like, "Oops, I'm dead now." Uh, mm. But uh, but right there, there's a lot of uh, uh, research being done into how to create hybrids that are healthier. And it's also a huge success story in terms of containment because that blight has not spread out of North America. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More bad news, though. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, climate change is affecting growing conditions where hazelnuts are produced, like Turkey, um, creating higher temperatures and flooding. And hazelnut prices have increased by over 60% in the past decade or so due to low supply. And that is all while demand is up. Uh, As of 2018, more candy brands were were launching hazelnut products like uh, like Lint's hazelnut spread and uh, M&M's that contain uh, hazelnut butter or goop or whatever you want to call it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Right? Uh, (laughs) I know. I'm like, that sounds delicious. Also, the pandemic may have pushed demand even higher. Um, people conjecture that it's due to that that nostalgia comfort food kind of thing. Uh, as of 2020, sales of Nutella in France were worth more than any other grocery item. They were worth 40 million euros that year. That's higher than the the the, the cost of even butter or coffee or toilet paper. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, people love their Nutella. And yeah. I think in that episode we talked about, I guess that episode was a while ago we did it, but I think yeah. there, we were, there was a shortage we talked about in there where people were fighting over getting Nutella. Um, yeah, Nutella panic. It's real. It is. It is. Um, well, oof. Again, listeners, uh, if you've got any... Any more information about how hazelnuts are used in your area? If you've been to a festival and there's something we're missing, um, please let us know. But I think that's what we have to say about hazelnuts for now. I think it is. We do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. 
Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. Okay. I was trying to do like the sound of the shape, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's also kind of it was kind of smooth and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of, I feel a little more relaxed after doing it, to be honest. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, uh-huh. oh my goodness, listeners, you continue to astound, <laughs> amaze, and help us relax because really you keep sending in these amazing pet photos. So good. This is like, our whole inbox is this right now, and I have zero complaints. I do legitimately feel bad for you listening, uh, but wow, I have no complaints. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Ellen wrote, 
I know it's well after Halloween at this point, but I thought you might enjoy pictures of my dog's Halloween costume. Last year, we started doing a fun run called The Dash of Doom, where you dress up with your dog and walk slash run five kilometers. Last year, she was a taco in a bag. And this year, she was Pico Montoya and I was Fezzik. But my costume was much more thrown together. Here are pictures of both for you to enjoy. I feel like I might have sent the taco pictures before. So if I did, I'm sorry. Never apologize. No. Um, No. no. Uh, P.S. There's one of my cat, Nano, in the taco as well. She didn't get to go on any adventures. She was just a miserable palindrome. (laughs) Haha. <laughs> okay, oh, these no. pictures are so cute. Okay, so if you don't know, the, um, Pico Montoya is from The Princess Bride. Because uh, uh, Amigo Montoya, sure. Yes. yes. But this is a small, small dog, per- perhaps, perhaps Chihuahua adjacent. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if, if that's, I, I'm sorry if that's super incorrect. I'm kind of bad <laughs> at dog breeds, but, but mm-hmm. yeah. But she's got, she's got a good little wig um, and a little saber. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And a little speech bubble that says, hello, my name is Pico Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And I'll say that your your uh, Fezzik costume, like, could lean uh, Jedi, but uh, but it's I think it's clear next to Inigo or next to Pico Montoya here. Yes. I think it's clear what you had going. Yes, and it's excellent. <laughs> it's fantastic, and I love it. Oh, also the cat in the taco. I mean, I'm biased because this cat reminds me distinctly of my own gray cat because uh, mm-hmm. he's got the little white bib and the little white socks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, oh, but Nano, little little Nano taco. Oh. Staring off despondently like, why have you done this to me? <laughs> it's for why? this very reason. <laughs> Because we think it's cute. <laughs> Sucker, and you don't have opposable thumbs. What are you going to do mm. about it? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Sheldon wrote, uh, not wearing Halloween costumes, but Christmas stuff. Uh, the first picture is Teet Pool, uh, and the next is Napoleon. And uh, then, since it's Christmas time, uh, the cat's playing in the snow. Uh, and so, yes, we've got we've got Chicken Little... Uh, teat teat pool or chicken little, uh, dressed in a little Santa cap, and a and a mm-hmm. little a little scarf or muff perhaps, <laughs> yeah. looking looking like he hates you and everything else on the planet deeply, which I find very endearing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like mildly annoying cats is kind of yeah <laughs> my like reason for existing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and then Napoleon also, uh, looking actually very handsome and pleased mm-hmm. with himself in, in his little, little rough. Um, and then, yeah, uh, balancing so beautifully, uh, on, on a snowy roof, looking like they are just having the best times of their little cat lives. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So much joy you have brought us yes. on this day. <laughs> Oh. On this very special life day, so thank you. Yes, thank you. I did yes. not. I did not know I was going to encounter a cat named Chicken Little. Oh my gosh! And looking so frustrated. It's <laughs> very best. It is the absolute best. Um, yes, thank you so much to both of these listeners. 
If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.